This is the Screaming Pods Network on ScreamingPods.com. We must search for what is truth. You doubt me. Seek proof what is truth and what is God. The first duty is to the truth, whether it's scientific truth or historical truth or personal truth. Then here is the proof you seek. You don't really want an answer to that question. story that you'd like to tell us the story is that i think that the devil has been the guy that's kept the church in business for many many years without him and the concept of evil where would the church be in america satanism is uh sensationalized and kind of misunderstood and people associate it with worshiping the devil and things like that i want to kill everyone satan is good satan is our pal When I was a kid, I didn't need horror movies to scare the hell out of me. I had church. During the satanic panic of the 1980s, we were taught that Satan was real, and he wanted to harm us through heavy metal music, Dungeons and Dragons. Tonight we begin with a story about make-believe adventure and real-life violence, and what some critics fear is a connection between the two in a game. Dungeons and Dragons. And even Saturday morning cartoons. Ah, let's burp out of here! Yeah, let's run! Satan. Lucifer. Beelzebub. The Dark Prince. The monster with many names would haunt me with his promise of hell and eternal torment more than vampires, werewolves, or zombies. I was told there were people who actually worshipped the fallen angel. Satanists. Living in the San Francisco Bay Area, I knew of the notorious Anton LaVey, his Church of Satan, and his Satanic Bible. In my mind, Satanists were people who spoke with evil intent, wore all black, loved goatees, and sacrificing virgins on the weekends. Today I'll be speaking with a magister in the Church of Satan. In setting up this interview, I was pretty nervous, but the interview went off really well, and I really enjoyed talking to Bill. But then... I went to edit. While Satanism is a non-theistic religion, uh, it is still a religion. There, there's still. And the file was corrupted, and my conversation was nothing more than bad static and clicks. But how the audio ended had me shook. Was God trying to keep me from talking to a Satanist? Nah. We scheduled a second interview, and that went off without a hitch. <laughs> I'm Sean DeRager, and welcome to the Armchair Philosopher.
Well, joining me on the Armchair Philosopher right now is Bill M. Now, Bill is a magister of uh, in the Church of Satan. So, Bill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Sean. I want to kind of get a taste for your story because what I kind of do all the time uh, with these shows is try to get someone's journey. So um, mm-hmm. we, <laughs> we have uh, we have crossed this bridge before. You and I had a ill-fated conversation that uh, that the recording did not work, <laughs> and uh, we are doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the thing that kind of upsets me the most about that is I know some somebody out there somewhere will say, "Oh, that was because <laughs> you know God got angry. You tried to record a Satanist." <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and it, what's funny is uh, uh, those of you who heard the intro, you heard what I heard when I went back to hear the tape. So or the, not the tape, uh, we're not in the 80s here anymore, but uh, the, the recording and uh, you could make a case for that. <laughs> so whoever wants to can make uh, can make that argument. But uh, we're just going to chalk this up to technical snafus. Yeah. which do happen yeah. from, do happen from time to time. <laughs> so, Bill, um Again, thank you for for doing this again. And uh, what I want to like, like I said before, I want to kind of get your journey. So um, I want to dive into kind of what the Church of Satan is. I want to dive into kind of there's some different um, different things that call themselves Satanism. We'll get into all that. But before I do, I kind of want to learn a little bit about what brought you into. Uh, into the Church of Satan, because I, I know a lot of, you know, Christians always have their conversion story, you know. Uh, and so what was your, what would you say your Church of Satan testimony would be if Church of Satan was a kind of organization that did proselytize, <laughs> which they are not? Well, I had, I went through quite a number of religions in my lifetime, uh, exploring different things. And I just. I had always heard about Satanism, especially growing up in the 1980s during the whole satanic panic hysteria. So I'd heard about the Church of Satan and the satanic Bible and all that, but I didn't really read it, read the satanic Bible as an adult until uh, sometime in my early 20s. Um, and in short, I found the this particular religion of Satanism to be the best fit for me and a good extension and giving me a framework and things to work with. And it's not going to be a a fit for everybody. We're one of the few religions I think that say we're not for everybody, Mm -hmm. but uh, it was certainly a fit for me. Yeah. What, what were some of the things that really kind of drew you to it? What, what, what are some tenets of it that were, you were like that really connected with you on a, on a personal level? Can you give some examples? Well, sure. I always had a belief in the back of my mind, even through my theistic years, because mm-hmm. there were parts of my life where I believed in de- deity, but I did have a belief in the back of my mind that these really were all the inventions of the human imagination and p- projected personifications and sort of ways to uh, humans have come up with to model the phenomenon, mm-hmm. personal experiences in the universe mm-hmm. and all that. And so one of the things that really hit me was the explicit teaching in the Satanic Bible and in Satanism that uh, deities are the invention of humans. And that includes Satan because we use Satan strictly only in a symbolic sense to represent man's carnal nature and the adversary Mm -hmm. throughout literature and just general adversary in life. Yeah. Now, I do. I do want to kind of dive into because there has been some cute confusion 
with kind of different levels of of Satanism. Um, there is uh, so there's the Church of Satan. Uh, there's theistic Satanism, which I'm planning on interviewing someone who, uh, in a, few, a couple episodes here, who went from fundamentalist Christian uh, to theistic Satanism. And then now to progressive Christianity. <laughs> so okay. I'm really excited to kind of dive into that conversation and, and get that story. But so there's the theistic Satanism, uh, which you kind you can kind of say maybe because there's a there's a movie com- coming out. It's called Lords of Chaos, and it kind of yeah. has to do with the kind of Swedish uh, black metal scene. And there were some things going on with that, where if you research the story, uh, I believe the guitar player uh killed the singer or anyway something some stuff happened where they were kind of you know i don't know yeah if i remember a, lords of kings uh, and that came out yeah. in the late 90s and yeah. yeah yeah there's a book and uh now there's going to be a film on it so it's been kind of in my circles we've been talking about that movie because we're all kind of excited to check it out but mm-hmm. uh but those guys of course were were in a sense practicing theistic uh, Satanism and and I guess black magic and things like that. And then there is uh, the uh, the sat- the Satanic Temple, which mm-hmm. everyone has seen uh, recently in you know Arkansas when they trucked over this uh, the statue of how do you pronounce that Bo- Bohemet? Uh, Baphomet or Baphomet. Uh, most people will say Baphomet, but um, I mean the bottom line is I there are the the label of Satanism has been thrown around by a lot of people. There are some Christians mm-hmm. that call like anybody outside yeah. of their own <laughs> particular sect uh, Satanists. But even if um you narrow it down to I say a good start is people who identify themselves mm-hmm. as Satanists. Um, and again, that's. I see Christians uh, and other people label like Aleister Crowley's group, for example, the Thelemites as Satanists. And Aleister Crowley wasn't a Satanist. Um, he never called himself a Satanist. Satanists don't call him a Satanist. <laughs> His followers of Thelemites aren't, don't consider themselves Satanists. But, um, and I, I have some personal objections to the term theistic Satanism. Okay. And I know a lot of people – will say like, oh, okay, well, you're objecting to the different kinds of Satanism out there except your own. So you're just <laughs> being, uh, you know, ethnocentric. You're being like the Protestants who say that Catholics are going to hell and the Catholics who say the Presbyterians are going to hell. And I would say no. Um, the ch- When the Church of Satan was established in 1966, there's there's been no evidence of another religion calling itself Satanism existing before that. The word existed in lowercase s form, and you can look up the entomology of the word Satanism. It was a general term people used to call things they didn't like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you might several centuries ago, somebody may say homosexuality is a Satanism, <laughs> uh, but an actual formal religion didn't exist under that name uh, until the Church of Satan was established. So I don't really consider theistic Satanists or devil worshippers as as they've been called for centuries. Um, and some of these other groups, different kinds of Satanism, because they don't really have anything in common enough to be considered different denominations of the same religion. I mean, if you look at Protestants, Catholics, Presbyterians, uh, you know, even Mormons and so on, 
they're they're all considered different denominations of the same religion because they're different enough to be different denominations, but not different enough to be different religions mm-hmm. because they still ultimately have, you know, the same canonical texts, the same sort of core beliefs and, you know, views of God in the afterlife. They have different interpretations, maybe, you know, of the book. But the thing is, we, the Church of Satan, don't really have anything in common with your, you know, uh, run of the mill uh, devil worshiper who uh, whatever sacrifices cats and th- those sorts of people are basing most of their information it seems off of you know uh bad horror movies and jack chick tracks and, and stuff like that <laughs> and, you know the not this, certainly not yeah the, the these aren't people who you know read the satanic bible and came to a different conclusion or something like that right. they're they really don't have anything in common with us besides taking the name that we already established Mm-hmm. And maybe wearing some of the same jewelry. Huh. <laughs> right. It seems like the theistic Satanism, if you want to call it that. Um, I, I call it devil worship because devil that's what worship, it's been called yeah. For, yeah. for centuries. We, they right. were always known as devil worshippers. Yeah. That, I, mean, I mean, that would, I, I would assume, would go back even down like dark, dark ages, witchcraft, things like sure. that. Um, and kind of throughout the years uh, would, would kind of move into that. So what about the the Satanic Temple? Now, they, because I've, I've been checking out some podcasts and I've, I've heard, like, like I said, like you've said, like the everywhere, whenever you type in Satanism or anything like that, you're going to get a, like a, a variety of, of different things. And sure. so there's, there's the Satanic Temple. And I was listening to a podcast and they were from the Satanic Temple in like uh, San Francisco and but they you know they discussed uh, uh, Levee they discussed the Satanic Bible and but they are very active politically so where would you say like the separation is there like how how did it splinter off and I want to talk about Levee here in a bit but how did it splinter off from kind of the core uh, I guess writings of Anton Anton Levee well it's hard to say I mean they it was founded by a couple of disgruntled. Um, ex-Church of Satan members, Doug mm. Mesner. I actually knew him back when uh, he was in the Church of Satan. He even had a podcast on Radio Free Satan. They're really a political group, and I really consider them nothing much more than social justice warriors who wear pentagrams on the mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, they're into you know public demonstrations and tr- claiming they're fighting the separation of church and state, but they're doing that by inserting church in the state, which doesn't make any sense. And what also doesn't make any sense on top of that, especially when I look at this as a Satanist, is that Satanism as a religion, as it's been founded, you know, um, from Anton LaVey and the Church of Satan, the Satanic Bible, it's it's a tool. It's not a cause. It's a philosophy for self-empowerment and how what can you do for yourself. It's not mm-hmm. a political cause. I mean, if you wanted to fight a certain political cause – as uh, you know, being a Satanist, a Satanist can certainly do that. We have Satanists who are into some sort of political cause or another, but to do it in the name of Satanism doesn't really make any sense. Um, Satanism is an explicitly adversarial religion, and to try to turn it into a collectivist thing doesn't really make any sense. The Church of Satan operates not as a collectivism, but as a cabal where people join and some some members by their own choice join and don't really want to have any interaction with any other members but mm-hmm. they join cuz 
they're committed to the same principle. And some of my, myself have certainly found benefits in, you know, networking with individuals within the organization. But right. I, I look at what um, Satanic Temple and other people have tried doing this in the past, too, where they try making uh, almost like a, a victimhood or a martyrdom of it. And which I just, you know, uh, other Satanists like myself would just shake our heads at that because, <laughs> you know, it's the it's the adversary. You're not a victim. Yeah. Why you tr- we're, ex- you know, we're not really into group hugs and uh you know, empathy for everybody and anyone and all that, because, you know, that's kind of why we chose the name Satanism in the first place. <laughs> so what did you think of the, uh, the, the big in San Francisco, the big, uh, public black mass that they did when Trump got elected? I didn't know that they had done, uh, something like that. I know that, yeah. uh, I know they tried copying something that we did, uh, in June 6, 2006, we actually had, uh, what was called the high mass. We'd mm-hmm. use that as an excuse for ritual because it was 6606 mm-hmm. um <laughs> of course yeah I mean, 666 just uh, just to mention i mean that comes from like one line in the bible and as satanists we don't really place any special significance uh you know some kind of magical significance on the number but we know that it has a certain uh stigma to it mm-hmm. and reputation so it's a, it's a cool number in that sense so you know <laughs> we, we make that work for us rather than you know trying to work against it yeah and that's what I've gathered with uh, with the Church of Satan. It's, it's not this public uh, display. It's not the rituals, especially, uh, and everything like that is not for basically public consumption. No, I mean, we had like some press at 6606 and mm-hmm. some other events. But in general, right. we stopped letting, you know, the press in for the rituals because kind of interrupts the whole purpose. Because <laughs> in Satanism, we use ritual. Uh, it's on a as needed basis. And we see it as a psychological tool. Mm-hmm. for um you know for self empowerment and putting your mindset in a certain direction and yeah it's you know a voluntary thing let's let's jump back in kind of in the the with the founding of of uh the church of satan with anton LaVey. and mm-hmm. i do want to jump into uh ritual talk about some rituals here in a bit sure. and and in that part of uh, of satanism and but when did this like so er, how religions start to me is always pretty fascinating because you know especially in modern in modern times uh normally like you know, look at uh if you look at i guess mormonism uh i guess church of latter-day saints and uh, you got uh, scientology things like that where they had a leader basically say for the most part scientology may be a little bit different but uh, this one person has a higher uh, antenna to God. They mm-hmm. have uh, a higher knowledge of things, and they basically are presenting that through texts and through through their sacred texts and things like that, through uh, mm-hmm. public speaking. And the religion is formed around that person. Um, I feel like Anton LaVey was different than that because uh, he he did write you know the the satanic bible he did write some other things but when did he kind of come on the scene and what what kind of uh what was the catalyst for him to kind of start this up i guess in the uh mm-hmm. uh late 60s it was around the early to mid 60s and in fact mm-hmm. uh, he started with the magic circle in the late 1950s uh which eventually evolved into um, or the order of the trapezoid and then eventually became the church of Satan. 
Um, so he had started off in the 50s living in San Francisco as a musician and also somebody who was just curious about uh, strange phenomenon. He had a session he called the Magic Circle where he would bring in people to talk about uh, you know what, whatever strange sort of phenomenon people are mm-hmm. into. And it, and by the way, it is okay to be an atheist and read stories like that. You don't even mm-hmm. have to necessarily buy into it. But, um, but I think like all religions founders and all philosophy founders, he was a person who had his own set of experiences, his own set of influences, and had a, a model that he wanted to apply in trying to make sense of the world and something that other people could get in with. He's certainly not like the other religious founders in that we view him as having some sort of special supernatural connection Mm -hmm. to the world or anything like that. I mean, you could be a Satanist who knows absolutely nothing about Anton LaVey at all. Uh, you know, his life or where he lived or what he did or anything, but you know, find yourself in, in his works and understand Satanism. You don't have to understand the biography of Anton LaVey to be a Satanist. What's interesting about the time, I believe in the mid 60s, um, if I get my history correct and I kind of just gauging this off of things that I've read and kind of my my parents were involved in the uh, kind of the hippie Jesus movement. Uh, I don't know if it was around that time. I I think it was because it seemed like there was a bit of a, a clash. And I'm wondering if that was part of the reason why. Uh, the I guess the pageantry of it all, because uh, Anton LaVey would appear, you know, in in his his garbs and everything, and would appear in interviews, and you know, just even choosing that name. Do did that have anything to do with it? With it, as far as kind of going against what what was rising up at the time in the culture, uh, or what was the main point of him kind of choosing Satan as as the you know. The symbol for that. That's symbol. Well, you got mm-hmm. Well, first to address the first part of there with you know the hippie scene that the Church of Satan was founded in San Francisco in mm-hmm. the mid 1960s, so that was really right at the the heart of the whole counterculture movement, and it was counterculture uh, with respect to many things. But at the same time, Levey also rejected a lot of the self destructive behavior he saw in the hippie culture at the time. Uh, you know, self destruction with drugs or. Uh, not really putting your, you know, your future in mind and yourself and making your own life secure. There was a bit of opposition to that, but also as far as choosing the name Satan, it just really seems, and it still seems to me like the most fitting um, archetype from that, from mythology. Because if you look at the things that traditional spiritual religions have embraced, not just Christianity, but Mm -hmm. other spiritual religions as well, Satanism was set up to be the first carnal religion so we embrace things like atheism and science and critical thinking and pride lust greed and all of these uh you know humor uh and all of these things that have been traditionally given the devil's name that think things that we think are life enriching and we take that and we wear that on our sleeves instead of you know trying to rationalize or whitewash it organized religion and fundamentalism, you know, from my from my lens of how I grew up is, you know, everything. Um, I had such a tough time uh, when I was kind of growing up in those circles because I was I loved comedians. I loved yeah. comedy and, and uh, good music I, <laughs> and good music. Yes. You know, and and just everything that I I seemed to gravitate to 
Like that was forbidden. Like that is satanic, yeah. <laughs> you know? And oh, yeah. it's funny. It's funny because it, it didn't keep me from any of that. I mean, I, as soon as I, as soon as I could, or as soon as I can sneak something, I, I totally did. And because those are, those were things that I was passionate about. And, um, and it was, it, it's just, it's funny how, how some of these religions want to kind of squash things that cause joy. And we're not talking, you know, self-destructive joy. We're talking about yeah. things that are actually pretty enriching. Like to laugh is to be like, that's an enriching thing to do, you know? That happens every so often. Uh, you know, I remember like 10, 15 years ago, was it was the case with Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And then it became uh, the case with something else. Anything that's sort of really emotionally involving and, you know, life enriching and something that especially young people take up. The uh, the Jesus freaks get mad about that. Mm-hmm. I think because they don't. I, I honestly think a lot of it is like they just don't want the competition because they want uh, you know, Christianity, they want the Bible and all that stuff. They want their church to be the source of community. They want their Bible to be the source of fantasy and wonder and fulfilling that, you know, emotional thing. Mm-hmm. And somebody collecting pogs is just going to be too threatening to that. <laughs> What's interesting too about, you know, with the church of Satan having a Bible of its own, um, the <laughs> difference of course being that this is, this is basically, it's set up, as kind of the tenets, I believe, of of the religion, kind of laying the, the groundwork. But yeah, you can call uh, it the, yeah. Yeah, but I, the Satanism one on one book. That's, yeah. But I, I don't see it as a book used like the more some of these theistic, you know, even uh Islam or Christianity or things like that, used as like the final word on how you should be living your life. What yeah, yeah, you, yeah, what's the yeah. what's the differences between well, Satanists aren't, you know, quoting like chapter and verse really of saying, you know, oh, it says this in the book of blah, blah, blah and that. Uh, the Satanic Bible was written by a man of the 20th century in modern English. Yeah. And, you know, and it's really written in a straightforward way. There aren't any kind of special interpretations or translations you really need to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, it's the philosophy that, um, as with any other philosophy, had its sources that were taken and incorporated into something new and the book also um has a ritual part after that and accentuates the philosophy with the ritual and how mm. shows how those two tied together let's dive into the, the ritual aspect mm-hmm. of it you've touched on the ritual aspect of it and uh throughout many religions there are ritual um i come from more of a you know fundamentalist charismatic so the ritual was uh you know, prayer and reading the Bible and then coming together and worshiping through song or whatever. If you're from a more like liturgical background from Christianity, you have, you know, there, there's the, uh, the liturgy and there's the communion and, and stand up, sit down. There's, there's that sort of thing uh, with that. Mm-hmm. Um, even in, you know, Buddhism and everything, there is ritual and yeah. a lot of it can be enriching. And uh, especially in like the meditation part of things, from you know Buddhism or even in some more progressive Christianity is embracing more kind of meditations in that sort of sense, mm-hmm. and so uh, I want to talk. So the there we think of like someone like me who's raised with myself or was raised was raised in the you know the community I was raised in. Uh, we see these movies of you know satanic rituals and there's always <laughs> some blonde virgin naked on a 
pentag- on a table with a pentagram. There's candles yeah. all around. Someone has a knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's rape probably going to be involved or something like that. You know, um, there's a movie I'm thinking of. Yeah, called... small animals tortured. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, things like that. There's a movie from all the Hollywood 70s. All Hollywood bogus stuff, but don't yeah. Uh, there is a movie from the 70s called Lucifer's Women, and it says they say <laughs> that Anton LaVey was actually they actually incorporated him. To, he actually kind of helped guide some of the ritual <laughs> in that film. Well, we, we have had uh, him and other people from the Church of Satan from time to time have uh, come on sort of as, you know, consulting or like loaning props or what have you. Mm-hmm. And it, it, they, they advertise it as being the most realistic uh, uh, depiction yeah. of a satanic ritual. And uh, <laughs> and but see, some of that may may be true in some aspects uh, with, uh, you know, yeah. dis- disregard the, the you know, the extreme violence or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so first of all, what is it about ritual that enriches you? And then are there a couple examples of some rituals that you can describe or is it like something like the Masons where, you know, no one's allowed to, uh, <laughs> to discuss or, okay. or take what's, what, what can right. you, what kind of feedback can you give me there? Well, be, before I begin, I just want to say that this is a question that always comes up whenever, <laughs> um, you know, we're interviewed for things. Yeah. For yeah. ritual. And this isn't a slam against you. Um, <laughs> but I just find it funny that this question comes up so often. And yet when it comes to the actual life of a Satanist, um, uh-huh. Ritual is is just a very, very small part of it. I mean, there are even some Satanists who haven't even done their first ritual yet. Yeah, I think Hollywood has a big, yeah. uh, big part in that. Definitely, because that's the only thing that ever anyone ever focuses on. Yeah, yeah. People are big about imagery and all that. Yeah. Um, so having said that. Uh, no, there isn't anything like secret about uh, rituals. Uh, you know, you don't have to be up to like a certain level to, to get it. You you can find all of our rituals in paperback form. You can go to Amazon and buy the Satanic Bible and the Satanic Rituals. Um, the uh, Satanic Scriptures has a couple more as well. But yeah, they're all you know things you can you can buy on paperback and walk into a store get it, and you know, even try it on your own. Um. For me, the point about ritual is like, I mean, all religions have rituals and even uh, outside of religion, we have rituals because humans are a very ritual, you know, and symbolic orientated people. It's how we express some things. And even outside of religion, you know, we blow out uh, flaming sticks on a cake to represent, uh, you know, a, a year of our birth having another anniversary of that, you know, we wear these square hats when we graduate from high school and college, right? Uh, we cut open a new ribbon, we, you know, cut a ribbon to open a new store yeah. and so on. And so in Satanism, we realize that, um, even though the actual supernatural claims about various, um, you know, religions, rituals and masses and stuff, even though we may, uh, you know, regard that as junk. We think ritual in and of itself can be a powerful psychological tool. And I think getting yourself into that state of mind, uh, where it's, it's a mix of theatrics and catharsis and everything else. Um, there isn't anything really supernatural about it. Um, I guess an analogy that I use is that if you can think of like a movie you really love and you're completely engrossed in where you're kind of tuning out everything or a book, 
you can, you know, real with a great story you can really get into where it seems, you know, time loses itself as you're in that. Or if you're an athlete being in the zone where you're tuning all us out, there's something ritualistic about that. And that sort of component is a big factor in satanic ritual as well. And it's one of the ways how we as Satanists, we have a materialistic mindset and atheistic worldview, but that's how that incorporates into that. How accurate are the uh, the <laughs> the portrayals you might see in movies and stuff like that, or the sex and violence? Uh, <laughs> where's where's the sex scale and the yeah. violence scale? Uh, I'm assuming there's some sex stuff. There's got to be some sex stuff. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, we we usually do that outside of ritual. That's, okay, all right. So, so I mean, that's well, yeah. We certainly, uh, you know. We'll have tools such as, you know, candles and other mm -hmm. uh, props, maybe a sword just for, uh, I think it's a psychological extension of the arm of mm -hmm. being able to direct your will. It is theatrics, really, when you get right down to it. But you're also setting up an environment where you can let your emotions uh, run free. Mm -hmm. It's not okay. that we're against, you know, critical thinking. Um, we do plenty of critical thinking by day. And critical thinking is great. I love critical thinking and the scientific method and all that. But when it comes time to personal release and emotions, sometimes you just have to suspend disbelief knowingly right. and get into your fantasy mode. Right. And again, whether that's in satanic ritual or whether some people get that release um, being really big fans of uh, sci-fi yeah. franchise or some people get it through sports. But I think within Satanism, you can take that and mm -hmm. also symbolically tie it back into with the rest of the philosophy. And that's mostly where ritual takes place. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, uh, you know, we can put that into like uh, Comic-Con and stuff like that, too, with uh, things. You know, the catharsis, I think catharsis is a great way to, to, to describe mm -hmm. that because, yep. you know, uh, we all need we all need that as human beings. We do need a sense of catharsis kind of a step away from our our daily lives you know yeah. I, I work i work in, in an office and my setup part of my catharsis is doing these podcasts and talking to people and and that's where mm -hmm. i get the the most out of my life and out of my days is doing this stuff and uh, some people get that from going to church and things like that so i, I think that does tie in nicely that's a, that's a great example i think mm -hmm. and because a lot of people would would uh just assume I don't know that, uh, you know, that everyone's just kind of going in trying to summon some dark Lord or whatever. And then, and, 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 and yeah. that's definitely not the case at all. Well, I know there are, I've certainly hear it a lot, especially from the more militant atheist types. Like, Oh, how can you say you don't believe in Satan, but you, you say things like hail Satan and you wear pentagrams and you do this <laughs> and that. And I say, well, I mean, don't you know anybody who say is, I don't know, like a big Star Trek fan and, you know, even goes to the extent of like learning Klingon or somebody <laughs> who's like, you know, really into, I don't know, some other franchise, you know, um, Harry Potter, for example, and owns all the books and gets the props. You know, we wouldn't say that sort of person, you know, is leading a double life or secretly believes all that, you know. I wrote an essay on the on churchofsatan.com you can read called the Darth Vader t-shirt where... I do a little anecdote about that. So check that out in the, in the great, great minds section. Maybe we can include a link. Yeah. Yeah. I'll throw up, I'll put a link in here for sure. Um, so I wanted to bring up the, the website, uh, church of Satan.com. And for me, when mm -hmm. I first started looking into this, uh, you know, it, you know uh, 
agreeing to this interview was kind of a big step for me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie sure. about that. And just because of all the hangups that I have had through through my life and, sure. you know, uh, typing in churchofsatan.com into my computer, I was expecting, you know, mm-hmm. the, the uh, little devils to fly up out of the yeah. ground or something like that to happen. But uh, the website is so, I think, so critical in learning about what the Church of Satan is all about. It's so well thought out. Uh, it's it's one of the most uh, easy to navigate and uh, informationful uh, websites that I've kind of navigated. And there's mm-hmm. so much in there from the history um, to some essays that you were talking about. There's even uh, there's mm-hmm. even a list of films, and I, it's funny because. <laughs> I tweeted this out uh, a while ago, you know, letting people know that Willy Wonka was on the list of uh, of satanic. Yeah, recommended films from the Church of Satan. Yeah, <laughs> that list actually was published uh, first published in a book called The Church of Satan that was mm. uh, by Blanche Barton, uh, Magistry, uh, Templi Rex, and she um, compiled. Um, you know, I guess from other members and uh, we're looking to expand that and we've expanded mm-hmm. that since then, but, uh, you know, recommended book suggestions and movie suggestions. And these aren't things that uh, necessarily have a bunch of devilish aesthetics in it, demons and things, but uh, things that we think can represent the philosophy of Satanism in different mm. ways. Yeah, you'd be surprised at some of the things on the list, but then yeah. I think when you watch them, you kind of realize, okay, I kind of see how that fits. Yeah. Well, it's pretty funny because when I when I tweeted it out, uh, it, it of course got retweeted by the Church of Satan, <laughs> and my Twitter blew up for two days straight. And some of the conversations going back mm. and forth about it because, you know, people did assume, like, are, whoa, there's devils in Willy Wonka or there's devils in, you know, I don't yeah. have a list in front of me right now, and but I'll include it in the show notes. But uh, but it is the the perception of the Church of Satan is mm-hmm. always of of people kind of outside of it is is always kind of humorous to me. Once you start learning about it and yeah. with the website here, I mean, there's even a bunko sheet for crying out loud, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, <laughs> but I think that goes back to the name Satan and that it's an apt name for us. That mm-hmm. even um, you know people who aren't all that religious still. Uh, too much to our amusement kind of you know cringe at that name or yeah. uh, feel they have to you know rationalize or argue against it or something so Anton LaVey found that really curious when he was uh, you know forming this religion mm-hmm. so I do want to talk about too uh, that you know you did mention you know Satanism the Church of Satan is it's a carnal religion and mm-hmm. um, of course someone's going to hear that from a certain background and going to go see I told you see <laughs> you know but um, from from looking through the website and everything um, it is pretty well laid out that uh, as as long as you're not harming other people and there's even a, like a drug abuse policy and things like that like I, this mm-hmm. scene, this is set up as a philosophy to better yourself and to improve yourself. So you can't do that through uh, harming yourself or harming others. Can you explain mm-hmm. kind of what the kind of that, that main philosophy is? Uh, it, it's not some, you know, anything goes type religion in what people think. And like I said, like these other uh, kind of things claiming to be Satanism have kind of spoiled, uh, spoiled the yeah. pot in a sense. So <laughs> if you can explain kind of the, I guess the, uh, uh, kind of those tenets of of the Church of Satan. 
Sure. Well, I mean, to me, Satanism is ultimately based on rational self-interest, and it accepts the fact that humans are animals and ultimately act on animalistic impulses. And we are Epicureans, I would say, that, you know, we enjoy materialistic pleasure. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say we're hedonists, which I would say is the extreme of that. Mm -hmm. We certainly don't believe in reckless hedonism because we believe in indulgence. And if you do something, um, you know, that might seem indulgent in the short term and isn't very beneficial in the long term, then, you know, that's something uh, we would discourage. I am, you know, I am an animal and I have... You know, I want to fulfill my desires, but I also have foresight. You know, I know that, um, you know, maybe, oh, maybe I want to uh, not go to work tomorrow and, you know, sleep and forget, you know, deadlines because I'd rather sleep. But <laughs> I know in the long term, that's not going to benefit me because, you know, I, I like the job. I like the career I have. I, you know, I like money. I like the getting mm -hmm. money so that I can go afford to do those other things, too. So. That Satanism isn't a religion for people who need to be told what to do at every step and led by the hand. It's an interesting paradox that, you know, we are uh, – it's a religion of independent people, people who share that philosophy of being self-reliant. Mm -hmm. There's a name for it and, uh, you know, a framework that you can use, utilize in working with that. That's what Satanism is to me. Looking through the website here, and there's a theory and practice section of the website, and, it, and this is where mm -hmm. like a lot there's a lot of fantastic information in here, including like the nine satanic statements, uh, the eleven satanic rules of the earth, nine satanic sins. There's even sins on here, everybody. So see, there's there's some rules here. Uh, these these are pretty Gen great. General though. no nos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna run them. I'm gonna run these down really quick. The the okay. sins. Uh, we got stupidity, pretentiousness. Yeah, that's at the top of the list. Yeah. Pretentiousness. <laughs> uh, solips, solipsism. Yeah. Am I pronouncing that correct? Solipsism. What what is yeah, what is that? Solipsism. I would say. What is solipsism? Well, solipsism in the general sense mm -hmm. is uh, the is sort of a philosophy that you can't know anything beyond your own personal perception. Okay. Gotcha. Um, that, you know, we could very well be in a world like the Matrix and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but in a more general sense and the way it's used here, it's sort of not really acknowledging your uh, outside reality. OK, because in Satanism, we do call ourselves our own gods in the sense that, you know, the god of Satanism is the self, um, because at the end of the day, I am the one who, for me, is the most important. I am the one who I have to take care of. I'm the one who is most responsible for my actions in life. So we do say we are our own gods, philosophically speaking. However, that doesn't mean that you are everybody else's God. And so mm -hmm. solipsism as well as the other uh, satanic sins were written as sort of a, a way I think to, catch certain behaviors that may be anti-satanic um it, what what it comes down to at its core and also uh sort of point out some of the people who may think they get it and you know join us and stuff and realize pretty fast like no you're not really getting it mm -hmm. some of the other ones are there's self-deceit uh there's herd conformity which uh you know herd conformity you know i i can also you can also maybe call it uh Maybe, maybe in a sense, tribalism, or there's the herd mentality. I've, I mean, I've seen mm -hmm. that so much uh, lately yeah. in in so many different areas. Sure. I've seen it. Um, uh, it. It's just when when groups of people 
And I was just thinking about this today. I kind of challenged. Um, there's so there's this group called the Exvangelicals, mm-hmm. people who've left the church, and they actually trademarked <laughs> the name. Wow. And for me, being a little cynical, whenever someone trademarks a name like that of uh, of like non-belief, I'm kind of like eh, my 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 spidey tenses my spidey senses start tingling <laughs> a little bit, and I'm because I came out of you know this organized uh, religion in a sense and wanted to kind of get away from that. So when a group starts kind yeah. of clumping together like that uh, and kind of uh, and kind of using their the, the mob mentality to kind of change people's minds altogether mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, that sort of thing. I'm not saying that that group does that. I see it a little bit. I'm seeing groups like that. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's uh, uh, some atheist groups are like that. Uh, yeah. you know, it just But the, the herd conformity... Um, I like that you guys put that on here because because that's not what from what I've heard and what we've, what we've talked about. You, know, you guys aren't out there proselytizing. You aren't trying to uh, gather people to you. And uh, and basically no, all the not, things that uh, I yeah, know we're not for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, all the things that I've seen have been especially on the, the web presence and, and Twitter and things like that mm-hmm. uh, have been more of like, let me correct you here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever, you know, and, and it's been more of informational. You guys yep. know uh, because you like uh, the movie Twilight, you are not a Satanist or uh, the most <laughs> thing. Something was uh, uh, Chelsea Clinton or someone called her a Satanist. And actually, oh, you know, yeah, the, the yeah. Chelsea. I don't know if you know what happened uh, with the whole Chelsea Clinton I would, I would I would love to I would love to hear because that's kind of like when oh, okay. when so I noticed uh, that the Twitter <laughs> jumped on the map I was like yeah. oh cheers. <laughs> yeah. So back in January, um, maybe this was like January first or second mm-hmm. of this year, one of Chelsea Clinton's friends on Twitter said, "Hey, Chelsea, I see you and this other." Um, it was some tinfoil hat guy or whatever. Uh, and, and Hooters, I think, and, and was somehow tagged in there too. <laughs> well, and that's, the, and, you the, know, and the, yeah. And the church of Satan too. <laughs> if you're in Hooters, there's some shenanigans um, you know, going on. What is this thing all about? Yeah. It was this thing about, and Chelsea was saying basically like, you know, yeah, I don't know. That was a, some idiot who tagged me about a year ago. And I have no idea. And the church of Satan on Twitter, we got the response. And we said, uh, I might have some of the details of this wrong because that back in January, but it, <laughs> this is the basic story. Um, I saved the original tweets somewhere too. Nice. <laughs> um, as I'm sure all the Alex Jones fans did too, for other reasons. But, <laughs> anyway. uh, but you know, we, we saw this exchange and somebody who, whoever it was running the, the church of Satan Twitter that day said, um, you know, yeah, that I agree. Like, you know, we agree that guy's an idiot. Um, anyway, happy new year. (laughs) And so she, you know, kind of laughed and tweeted back, happy new year. And that was that. Yeah. And so, but you know, since, you know, oh my God, Chelsea Clinton said happy new year (laughs) to the church of Satan and she's a Satanist now and this and that. And, uh, people found like that photo of her wearing like a, she wears a Greek cross, which is like an equidistant cross. Looks kind of like a plus sign. That has a clasp on top. So like from a distance, I guess it kind of looks like an inverted cross. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, like the, the logistics of that whole thing, the idea that like a, a you know, a politician, somebody ever, uh, you know, caliber. It, uh, let's assume that she's a Satanist or a devil worshiper. Mm-hmm. 
even if we assume that it wouldn't make like any sense. Why the hell would she be like wearing that necklace, like even out in the right. open? Because we, we do have Satanists that are in law enforcement right. or in politics or, you know, or school teachers <laughs> or something like that. And uh, I, I work in an office and I I have a sigil necklace, but I, I keep that tucked in my shirt. Right. Um, There's no black candles I'm... all in your cubicle. You don't have a, <laughs> not, you didn't paint it all black or yeah. anything. But, well, for two reasons. For, for, I mean, first of all, I don't. Um, I don't believe religion should be in the workplace at all. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, agree I don't, there. I don't care if a coworker wants to put a, a Ganesh statue on her desk or wear a cross necklace. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's fine, but personal space, but otherwise, you know, I don't bring religion politics into the workplace. Mm-hmm. And also it's not that I'm ashamed of being Satanist, but you know, as a Satanist, I'm also realistic. I'm pragmatic. And I realize that, um, you know, if, if it were to get around to other coworkers, that I'm a Satanist that could be, I don't, I obviously couldn't legally get fired, but you know, some people may try to make things hard for me. Right. So right. Yeah. I mean, that I, you know, yeah. keep my mouth shut, which, which brings us to another satanic sin, counterproductive pride. Yes. Yes. That's a good reason why that's on that list. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like there's so many negative perceptions, but if you just get, if you just sit down and talk to someone, Who's really like like you and I are having just having yep. a conversation about this? There's a lot that we have in common, uh, even though you know philosophically and as far as religion goes, maybe we have different perspectives on things. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean we can't come together and and have a discussion and learn about yep. each other. And that's fantastic. And it's it's actually helped me kind of open up my circle and be uh, even less scared of conversations like this because because you know when it all boils down to it, we're all humans and we're all on this earth and the problem i've seen lately with this tribalism things and i brought up tribalism before is there's this fear that certain groups do not interact with other groups yeah and if 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 we can break down some of those walls i'm not saying you know the 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 funny thing is the people that i see uh wearing like the pentagrams and stuff like that they're in some metal band (laughs) yeah which is which is fine i accept you know that (laughs) whatever it's a it's an aesthetic thing yeah no well i don't think to them same as same as flashing the horns uh hand gesture you know my my six-year-old he knows how to flash the horns now Uh, he's like this is the rock and roll (laughs) sign right dad i'm like yeah it's a rock and roll sign (laughs) don't let grandma see that grandma will think that i'm holding black mass in uh in in your room um i gave a nice wise ass answer on twitter once uh, to somebody who was saying like you know is this like a satanic sign and i was like well, to be honest, uh, Satanists split the share of the horns gesture equally kind of with um, heavy metal fans and Italians and uh, the Texas yeah. Longhorns. And yeah. We only own 16.66% of the market share. <laughs> exactly. Context is everything, folks. It is. It is. Uh, I, I love that you have that there's lack of aesthetics is one of the sins. I just run into some of these people in life who have like absolutely no concept of any kind of uh, aesthetics, not like just people who dress badly, but, you know, <laughs> who will get angry almost if they see the you have like knickknacks or something in mm-hmm. your house. And it's like, you know, it's it's an aesthetic thing. It's get a life. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. But but you know what? The, the funny thing is that I've seen, uh, you know, with with any kind of realistic depiction of of Satanism, uh, you know, if, even though it's always depic- depicted in all black and everything, it always looks really fucking cool, you know, like there's always that, there is a cool yep. factor to the visuals and the representation of 
Satanism, mm-hmm. and especially for me being, I mean, I'm, I'm a hundred percent a metal fan. Like I love, I love metal. Mm-hmm. I love, uh, I love the, the death metal t-shirts and, um, and it, and even though mm-hmm. that I don't, you know, uh, I'm, I'm fine with an upside down cross. That's fine. Like, I mean, I like it doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. that's just a part of someone's uh, interpretation of certain things. And, uh, and you know, maybe they are, maybe they're not, but they're, but it's always, what I love about it is there is that shock value yeah. that, that, that has. And for me, if you're not gonna, it, it kind of tells me the kind of person I'm dealing with. Like if, if someone's going to mm-hmm. see a t-shirt I'm wearing, if I'm wearing a metal band t-shirt or whatever, uh, and they mention it in a negative connotation, I kind of know where they're standing from, <laughs> you know, where, where they're coming from. Yeah. It's, and it's, I feel like it's a good filter. I, I feel like that's that's a that is a filter, especially with the with, with Satanism and the Church of Satan. There mm-hmm. is that element to it, especially with yep. the, uh, you know, even in the the like black mass or whatever, the kind of the costumes and things like that, the the garb. Well, the, the flip side to that is, uh, some people are disappointed when like a Satanist doesn't conform to the stereotype. <laughs> like, for example, right. I just I don't like death metal. I don't like black metal. I, I don't yeah. run into that. Um, I don't, I don't knock the people who are into it. Mm-hmm. I have some friends who are in, even in the industry and stuff like that. But, um, I would get people who would see my podcast name devil's mischief and assume that it was like a heavy <laughs> metal thing and send me these like demos. I'm like, well, you know, what is this stuff? I, it's a comedy show that I run. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So my yeah. new, my new response when I would get, when I would get those, it would be like, you know, well, I listened to your band and though I did find it laughable, I'm afraid it's not, you know, good material for the devil's mischief. Thanks. Right. I do want to go through some of these nine satanic statements and because these are sure. these are kind of fun um, because it, it a lot of it goes it goes against the things that I was raised in. Mm-hmm. But in a, in a sense of, you know, consenting adults and 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 and, and everything else and everything else and, and a, you know, a lifestyle of of kind of being your own person and, and embracing the things that you love. It, it all makes sense. So, um, so the first one is that Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. And, but that can be non-sexual too, uh, is indulging your, your desires. And yeah. of course, uh, for some reason, Christians always go to the sex thing. And, yeah. uh, and, and I always find myself starting to do that with some questions I ask and things like that, because that's how, because that's always the shock value. That's for some reason, uh, you know, fun, especially fundamentalists. I'm some more more like the fundamentalist sure. circles are always just scared of mm-hmm. sex. So that's always the yeah. first thing they think of. But um, well, we have a whole there's a whole chapter in the Satanic Bible just on sex and just mm-hmm. sort of addressing the whole thing. And the long and short of it is, you know, as long as it's with consenting adult humans, we don't really have mm-hmm. any kind of objection. We do object to rape and right. other times when you do not have your the consent. So we, uh, Satanism is, and says in satanic Bible, you know, explicitly against, um, rape or bestiality, pedophilia. Um, and going back to the statement of indulgence versus a- abstinence, um, indulgence isn't the same thing as compulsion. Mm-hmm. And we make that distinction very clear in the satanic Bible as well. If you have like a habit, like a drug habit, that's not really an indulgence. That's kind of a compulsion because you're not really indulging. It's, uh, you don't have a control over it. That's controlling you. Um, right, so there exactly. are, there are Satanists who have run into, uh, you know, personal problems like that with some addiction or another. And rather than going through the 12 step program of, you know, self-loathing, denying yourself, I think they take a more satanic approach 
and sort of see uh, sobriety and as their indulgence and how can mm-hmm. I do that so that I'm actually getting more pleasure out of it that way, you know, you know, recognizing how to stop things that are destructive for myself. Yeah. And I think any, anybody can, uh, gleam some wisdom from that, you know, and it's, it's mm-hmm. something that, um, that anyone can, can get something out of for sure. Let's see some of these, some of these other ones that really amused me here. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. I, yeah, I love the, I, the, the wording. <laughs> yeah. Some of these. Because traditionally we're told um, in not just Christianity, but other religions as well. Buddhism uh, practices a certain form of uh, pacifism. And uh, mm-hmm. we believe in just treating people on individual basis. And yeah. We think if somebody is wronging you, if somebody is causing you harm and making your life miserable, there there is no rational reason to try to be loving to them. You know, yeah, and that that's interesting that 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 we're talking about this right now because this is something that has come up in kind of some of the progressive Christian circles that I've been running in and listening to. Uh, you know, some yeah. of these some of these people who are saying, you know, well, we're pursuing Jesus and Jesus. He called us to love everyone because God loves everyone. So we have to love our Jerry Fowell juniors and our, you know, and I'm like, and our Donald Trump's. And I'm like, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I can go there because these Mm -hmm. people are actively trying to harm other people in a sense. I wouldn't say harm, but I would, but, but, you know, they're, they're, they're. At at the very least, by your perspective, they're people you've deemed not worthy yeah, love. so I'm, I'm not I'm not really not, not yeah. I'm really not going to give them the time of day, you know, if uh, yeah. if someone I don't necessarily want to break bread with uh, walks into the room, I'm not going to go out of my way. You yeah. know, um, I can, I guess, not wish harm on them because they haven't, they haven't directly done anything to me. But yeah. but this whole like, oh, well, be- we just have to love this other group just because that's what Jesus said. She's like, well, ah, man, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just don't see how it's even possible to love everyone. Just to, you know, people who claim to love everyone or hate mm-hmm. everyone. Uh, to me, love and hate are just very personal emotions. And yeah. I would say love and hate are uh, different ends of the same extreme. And that extreme being that you place a certain value uh, on a certain individual more so than you do on some other people. Mm-hmm. Place a certain level of significance on them, whether they are somebody you love or your enemy that's what that comes down to. So love yeah. all. Um, I saw, I saw a great quote. It was on a little, uh, day calendar. It said, uh, love all only works in tennis. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, I mean, it's, it, there's a, there's a, there's a line where that has to be earned. And, uh, for me, if someone's not going to, kind of put in the work yeah. to at least at least show a level of respect it's not worth yeah. it, it really isn't worth my time yeah well, that's why um, we say empathy is not uh you know automatic and in satanism certainly yeah not. well that, that that's the thing uh this this next this next tenant here says satan represents vengeance instead of turning mm-hmm. the other cheek and um mm-hmm. that's that's another thing that i've wrestled with too i wrestled with too with my with my my christianity is um there, there is a, there is a sense to that. I can understand that, um, but you know, uh, there is a level of self defense that 
you know, that I would definitely imply uh, needs to happen if somebody's harming you. But um, mm-hmm. but but a lot of these seems to represent kind of a uh, a preservation of self um, mm-hmm. because we're, you know, from from what I represent from our conversation is, you know, we're only on this earth once. And, you know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of self-preservation that does have to happen in, in, a, in a world like this. And it seems like, uh, you know, Satanism represents mm-hmm. kind of uh, fighting for your own right to live and enjoying this world while we're here. Is that, uh, I mean, that's very basic level dialed down. Yeah. And notice that these are the nine satanic statements. They're not commandments. We're not right. telling people what to do. Mm-hmm. We're presenting this, saying this is what Satanism is. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Have you? Uh, has the Church of Satan ever had to kind of uh, tell someone, you know, to to back off, or they're not uh, in line with the with certain guidelines? Is that what? Is that there's like church hierarchy like like that? Well, we've certainly had to kick out individual members mm-hmm. um, when they they grew to be too, uh, you know, unbearable that were, um, you know, making a hard time for other people or outright mm-hmm. represent, misrepresenting Satanism. People who've, uh, you know, broken the law. We don't. Right. Uh, um, unlike some other churches I could mention who transfer, <laughs> yeah. you know, people to another location. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, if you're a criminal, that's it. You know, you're, you're out of there. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's a difference between, you know, a, a parking ticket <laughs> and first degree murder. Right. Uh, right. So let's not get into that whole <laughs> philosophical well, conundrum, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we well, kick people. And, and that's the other thing that people think like we're a cult and it's like, no, we're not a cult. We're just the opposite. We're, I think we're, you know, we, we some people desperately want to join us sometimes and we look at them. It's like, no, you have actually no clue what we're about and, you know, mm-hmm. get lost. <laughs> But uh, to people who are, you know, interested in joining, it's like, okay, here's here's our literature, and if this makes sense to you, and if you want to, uh, you know, be part of this and align yourself with this idea, then we're here. the The mm-hmm. door's open. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the hierarchy because, because um, you you are yourself okay. uh, a magister, and mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of if you can get kind of bring through. I should have done this at the beginning, uh, but I just okay. totally blew my mind or totally forgot you, know, you can always edit it and put it back ah, maybe maybe not i don't know um but what so what is a magister where does that uh fit okay. in the hierarchy and then um how, how from i guess bottom to top uh how, right. how does how does all that go so as a magister i guess you could kind of think of it as like a bishop it's you know i'm sort of above the level of priest but i'm, I'm the pope <laughs> uh you know to use that analogy and it, I be the all of the titles that we give out in the Church of Satan. The hierarchy titles are an honorary thing, so we give them out to individual members based off of um, how well they seem to be living and applying Satanism in their lives. Um, how well would they be at representing us, and so on. And I, it, so I was given that title as an honorary thing, and I was. Uh, so starting at the very uh, bottom, you could say there's registered membership. Uh, that's called degree zero. And then we get up to one is active membership to get active membership. You file for an application and so on. And then after that, 
The next title up is witch or warlock, depending on male or female, and then priest or priestess. And then up from there, magister or magistra. And at the top is magus, uh, which I believe currently only the, the high priest has. And these aren't like it, it's a hierarchy, but it's not like a uh, a thing where you know if you again if you if like if you study hard, uh, I didn't have to like you know memorize these scrolls or whatever to you know be, become a priest or study some kind of clerical thing. Again, it's all given on an honorary basis, mm-hmm. and um, there are some people who join the Church of Satan who are fine with registered membership, don't really have any desire to be uh, active in the organization. They just sort of join as a way to mark their affiliation and sort of say thanks for what they've gotten out of it. And uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You don't have to necessarily try to fight up the ranks. I think if anything, if people are joining to, you know, looking for a title, we tell them you're kind of in the wrong place. (laughs) Who uh, who would be considered the the pope of the Church of Satan right now, or who's who's the who's, who's well, the Magus top dog? Pe- Magus Peter H. Gilmore. We actually okay. have both a high uh, priest and a high priestess, and they are okay. at equal levels. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, um, Peter Peter H. Gilmore and his wife picking the drama, and the way we kind of work, uh, they they work right now in the organization, and it's worked out really well. Is that uh, Magus Peter Gilmore does more of the external duties, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with interviewing, representing, and so forth. And uh, Magistrate Adramio has, has done more of the internal things in okay. running that. It's worked out really well that way. But yeah, we don't uh, have any sort of discrimination about male versus female. I mean, when Anton LaVey died, he initially handed the church over to Blanche Barton. And she was the high priestess, so she was the head of the organization. And she stepped down after four years and handed it to uh, Peter Gilmore, Peggy okay. Dramia. Okay. Um, she stepped down, you know, to focus more on her own personal life, you know, mm-hmm. Razor Sun and all that, and which is fine in Satanism because again, it's uh, you know, this is a religion about putting yourself first and you know, yeah, realizing where, where your responsibilities are. Yeah, and that makes so much sense. Um. So let's see, I need to start wrapping up here, but there's a few things that I, that I realized we haven't touched on and I kind of want to, to talk about uh, a, yeah, a few yeah, things, cool. a few random things, and then we'll, we'll start wrapping up here. But, um, do you think the satanic panic in the eighties, uh, do you think that helped, uh, the church of Satan kind of get a little more, uh, did that help or did that kind of hurt the, uh, reputation of, of the church of Satan? What do you, what do you think? I think it did far more harm than good. Um, it was ironically there was it did um, m- make the Church of Satan uh, available and be heard by some people who wouldn't have heard of it mm-hmm. uh, anyway. Um, because we would have rep- representatives on you know talk shows because it was the big uh, thing <laughs> in the nineteen eighties. Uh, you had some, these sensationalist talk shows, daytime talk shows. Donahue and, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Don, Donahue, Selling Jesse Raphael, uh, Geraldo <laughs> and his, uh, yeah. uh, God, that, that, I remember when that aired Halloween. Oh, but man. it was, cause it was a sensational thing and it, it yeah. sold and, um, but if you watch like some of these shows, they would have somebody from the church of Satan on, but then they would have like some random 
devil worshiper they found from who knows where or somebody <laughs> claiming yeah. uh, to have been abducted. Yeah, and, and which we found out later on, it was a lot of hoax uh, with that false memory syndrome mm. and so on, where uh, these people were going to therapists that and thought they were getting their repressed memories released. Like, oh, I was, you know, in a satanic cult and I didn't remember it because I was traumatized. And we found out later, the long and short of it uh, is it's a psychological phenomenon um, of false memory syndrome is really a, a brainwashing thing where huh. through the being in a hypnotic state and being given suggestions, um, you kind of formulate the, that story in your mind. Interesting. And yeah, because the, this, it's a fascinating topic with the human memory and you can find out that the human memory isn't really like a tape recorder. That's you no. can rewind back play that it's malleable. And you would see in some of these testimonies of people claiming to be abducted by, you know, a satanic cult or whatever, that the details wouldn't really match up. There was one, uh, I can't remember his name, but one Christian evangelist I remember um, was like one of many claiming to have been like a former uh, oh, priest yeah. of a satanic cult. Oh, there was a, uh, it was a uh, some... uh, there was a comedian, Mike Warnke. And he, and yeah. he got, and they found out he was, that was a fraud. He made all that shit up. Yeah, and I think like he he not only I think it was him that not only made it up but uh you know believed in himself and his friends were sort of like no I went to college with you that group we were in was like a after school new age meditation thing it wasn't a satanic group at all but you know you've let your imagination run wild and built up mm -hmm. <laughs> this thing so that was a fascinating if you ever look up uh, Mike Warnke because uh, I remember when I was because I had his album. Uh, talking yeah. about being in in, uh, in a satanic cult and being in Satanism and 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 you know he was funny comedian but he would also he would turn into this you know do you want to get you get say repent and get saved type thing it turned into like this testimony and this altar yeah. call type thing and then you know later on in life like, you you find out that he made all that up that was for me yeah. that was like that was one of the one of the few things this is all just coming to my brain right now yeah. this is ridiculous but then on these shows like the camera would turn then to like somebody from the church of satan it's like okay you've heard all that for the past 40 minutes now <laughs> we'll give you 30 seconds to respond yeah yeah it's not that's not very fair but yeah, and that was very because that's when when my formative years were happening, and my parents were involved in all that kind of seeing mm -hmm. things. My, I, I know you know, with my parents living in San Francisco and being a part of this kind of Jesus hippie movement, um, they say they saw a lot of things. They saw they were like, well, we saw people who were demon possessed, and we saw, you know, we were chased out of the out of an area by all the gays and you know, all the stuff. Yeah. But uh, but I'm like, that's San Francisco. A lot of that San Francisco. I don't, the you know, the, <laughs> the demon possessed people yeah, probably did a little too much heroin in their life. That's all I know, yeah. um, or or whatever. I do remember LSD. somebody years ago claiming. Yeah, you know, I, I do remember somebody years ago claiming to have an exorcism pill that <laughs> you know cured like all these things. And somebody like read through the symptoms and it was like these sound like the symptoms of like paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah. So, yeah. So once again, you have uh, you know religion taking away. Uh, you know, what people probably need practical mental medical help. <laughs> so, uh, so can we, can you let us know, um, have you seen any demonic presences or anything like that since you have been a Satanist? <laughs> no, sorry to disappoint everybody. <laughs> uh, I've had some lots, lots of fun rituals, but you know, it's, it's again, it's a theatrical thing that happens in, in the mm -hmm. ritual chamber there. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, you know, sorry, sorry everybody. Everyone's everyone's you know tuning in to hope that they they get some conversation about some uh, some sort of uh, de deflowering of some virgin on a table with a pentagram and candles yeah. going on. And unfortunately, yeah. uh, and that's happened. That's, to, a, that's that you know all consensual. And, and that's what's I would happened. Imagine. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's <laughs> happened in, in like some in some interviews though? Um, like I've had some people interview me for uh, the uh, BBC. I remember was one and another newspaper. And this has happened with other Satanists too. Like they interview us and then they find out that we don't actually, uh, you know, slaughter goats and all that other <laughs> nonsense. And they're kind of like disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> that like, Oh gee, I thought, you know, this was going to be, you know, sorry, everybody. I, I play this up as being like a really sexy interview. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is it with the goat? Why why are goats demonized? I I I, I don't understand because even in in the Bible, I guess goats are kind of demonized. What's wrong with a goat? Yeah, well, it's it's a it's a good mythological archetype, and it does come well. It it does come down to that there is like one line in the Bible about separating the goat from the sheep, mm-hmm. um, and you know the the whatever it is, goats cast off to the left. <laughs> But uh, it, it goes older than that. So you see, um, uh, you know, Ram, uh, Ramses and, you know, the Ram and all that stuff uh, in paganism. Um, to me, what I think the symbolism is in tying it in with Satanism is that um, the, the archetype is that goats are different from sheep, that mm-hmm. sheep, um, as I'm sure, you know, the term gets thrown a lot around a lot these days and sim- symbolic of people who herd together. Where their only def- yeah. defense is, uh, you know, the crowd is the herd around them and, you know, just bleeding and not really independent. Whereas goats, uh, mythologically, you know, archetypically speaking, are more of the independent and, you know, will ram you if you get close and so on. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, to me, it's more of that uh, symbolism. And yeah. as we use the goat in the sigil of Baphomet, to me, it re- uh, represents that sort of the reminder of the uh, the carnal animal. That is human, you know, mm-hmm. human kind. As in, I actually, uh, I, I grew up in the Bay Area of California, Bay Area, uh, San Francisco Bay Area, and then uh, when I was ten, moved to Iowa, and we actually, my dad got the idea to uh, to raise sheep, <laughs> so I was a <laughs> shepherd for a while, and <laughs> we did have a goat, and uh, his name was Dudley, and. Uh, very interesting dynamic, but he was like the, the problem was with him. He was, he was all by himself. And, but of course mm-hmm. seeing the herd, the herd mentality of sheep, uh, does put a lot of context and things that are read in the Bible and kind of, you know, different yeah. things, uh, the flock and things like that. Um, but, uh, but poor Dudley, uh, we would feed him ditch weed, which looked like marijuana basically was hemp. Uh, we would feed him that <laughs> and, um, and he would basically try to ram us with his, with his, uh, with his horns and he would uh, masturbate a lot. Uh, goats okay. can masturbate. And uh, <laughs> so maybe, I don't know if that has to do anything with it. Maybe, you know, that's how, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of shoot. I'm just trying to figure out why the hell the, the goat was, was the big deal. Yeah. Why Christians um, didn't like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. Personally, I never understood why they ever wanted to depict Jesus as a shepherd because doesn't a shepherd ultimately you know, bring their sheep to the slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting too real here, Bill. Yeah. I don't know. All right. 
Uh, but no, that 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 uh, that is true because the point of a shepherd is to uh, raise up these sheep uh, to be taken to the slaughter place, or if it was uh, yeah. back then, and uh, they would have uh, their meat for the for the time that they needed it, and they would uh, they yeah. would share the share the sheep. But yeah, the 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 herd mentality, the mentality of like a shepherd over the herd and protecting the yeah. flock uh, never really made a lot of sense to me, just because. You know, eventually, yeah. yeah, that flock was going to be taken to the slaughterhouse. I mean, that happened. Yeah. That that happened in my. I, I saw that personally. Like that happened. You know, there are yeah. we 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 did keep some of them for, yeah. you know, for the uh, to to breed them and for the the wool. But uh, other than that, you know, that's and a, people say my religion told them took a bad symbol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, all the all the Christians left uh, have have left the uh, the interview. But uh, yeah. but look, you know, you I really think uh, if you if you are a, if you are a religious person and you really do have your core beliefs, a uh, little ribbing of said religion. Sure. Has really never harmed anybody. Yeah. So. Um, so what what else? So, OK, so we'll, we'll start wrapping up here. But Bill, I wanted to give uh, first of all, thank you so much for for talking to me and I know that uh, us redoing this and trying to kind of navigate the the previous conversation mm-hmm. uh, is, is has proved to be a little bit of a challenge but I think we got some good conversation yeah. in <laughs> for everybody especially yeah. now that I've had my second glass of of uh, of scotch yeah, I just you know think things get a little mm-hmm. uh, a little more fun but um but you have a, a podcast and I mm-hmm. I really do love it and you've also had uh you're very knowledgeable about George Carlin, so I wanted to give mm-hmm. people uh, give give you a give you a chance to tell people about your podcast, and because I think you have like a website uh, about George Carlin, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So the website is georgecarlin.net, and uh, I got georgecarlin.org as well, but that will just redirect you to the net. Okay. So George Carlin georgecarlin.net is the website. And I built that because I am a lifelong fan of George Carlin, uh, saw him many times uh, live and owned all of his albums. And I wanted to put a website together. Uh, there's the official website, but it does the official website didn't go into too much depth and they revamped it and they lost a lot of information at some okay. point. Uh, and also one of my motivations for making georgecarlin.net is that there were a lot of false George Carlin quotes floating around the internet. And oh. I wanted to have a central place where those could be addressed and debunked or confirmed. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I, I, I love, uh, I love George, George Carlin. And mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like, um, with stand-up comedians and things like that, like it's a, I feel like a good stand-up comedian is kind of a, it's like a dying breed. I think feel like George Carlin oh, has yeah. such a, uh, he has such a great perspective and he can really he, kind of, he, in, yeah. you know, of he skewered religion, but he also saw, I don't know. He just has such a good perspective and can always just skewer the right people at the right time. Well, we certainly recognize that. As, yeah. Yeah. But we certainly recognize that as, as Satanists and not just for, George Carlin's religion bashing thing, uh-huh. but some of his other philosophical positions right. as well. And he's even uh, acknowledged in the uh, somewhere in the introduction or in the list of acknowledgments on of uh, the Satanic Scriptures okay. by Peter H. Gilmore. Okay. Um, I, a, a piece of his I find particularly Satanic, if readers want to seek this out, is the introduction to George Carlin's 1997 book, Brain Droppings. Mm. 
um, he has a nice forward there about being uh, being an adversary and being separate from the world and all that. And I think it's pretty beautiful. <laughs> awesome. And uh, so your your podcast is on the. Uh... Yeah, it's part of RadioFreeSatan.com. Yeah. So the podcast is called The Devil's Mischief. Uh, you can get it on RadioFreeSatan.com. It's also on iTunes and uh, other places where we carry the Radio Free Satan shows. DevilsMischief.com is the site for this, the show itself. And that's a comedy and novelty podcast that I've been doing for 15 years now. And uh, certainly a lot of George Carlin on it, but that's not all I play. From doing the podcast, I found out that George Carlin is virtually unknown outside of like the U.S. and maybe huh. Canada. But because um, ha- I've had so many listeners over the years from different countries say, wow, I never heard George Carlin before. So oh, wow. I introduced <laughs> them to him. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, it's great. It's, you get you curate uh, different comedians into the in, into this show, and it's wonderfully mm-hmm. funny. You 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 pull all the best stuff, and uh, really, I've I've been listening, and uh, it really does help. Yeah, uh, the the times of my my day when when uh, things really are dragging in the office, and I and I, and I need to laugh. And, Good. Uh, so Glad it's, I it's pretty, that for you. It's pretty fantastic. How so? Do you? How do you find do you? Um, are you trying to find more kind of classic kind of stand up bits? What's the kind of the angle of of the show? Well, I'd say in general, I call it comedy not made for the masses, and that doesn't mm-hmm. mean I go straight for the shock humor. Um, I I've, was kind of fed up with the way a lot of comedy shows seem to be run. That some of them use like a lot of hack comedians and i really mm-hmm. can't stand hack comedians <laughs> comedians who do the same jokes that we've all heard you know a million yeah. times over yeah. about you know hey you ever notice like women in the toilet seat and da, 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 you know yeah yeah yeah. occasionally you can find a comedian who has like a new original take on like one of those routines uh george carlin did a great bit on on the airplane by making it a whole language thing and all that but <laughs> but that's you know but he's george carlin yeah um, you know otherwise they're just a lot of just unfunny comedians who are just uh, doing program things to a programmed audience and yeah um, at the same time there are some people who seem to find only find humor in shock things and in toilet humor and stuff dick jokes um, and it's not that i'm a prude but i think there's plenty of comedy outside of that that can be appreciated and comedy throughout uh the years going uh into older comedy um so i i Besides modern stuff, I, I love digging into the older stuff too, like the Marx Brothers or early uh, 1930s, uh, you know, radio comedy and stuff from the golden age of radio. Um, so I think that's what I, how I've been able to keep it going for 15 years is I have a lot to draw from. Yeah, fantastic. And, so, uh, so, yeah, I, I have my sure own personal one. stand-up collection. Yeah, I have my own stand-up collection, so I'm okay. usually pulling from, you know. Some, yeah. some of those CDs are ripping from uh, movies and whatnot. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so I want to make sure I'll put a, a link in the show notes where everyone uh, check it out. Don't be scared, everybody. Don't be scared. <laughs> step outside your comfort zone. Yeah. And over, you know, go to Radio Free Satan. Step, <laughs> step outside your comfort zone. Nothing, nothing crazy is going to happen. But it is a really fun podcast. And uh, and uh, but so b- before we part, uh, so you said you you are not a uh, a, a metal fan. So. Uh, well, so, uh, I, I'm a fan of, uh, well, I'm a fan of, um, I am a fan of a lot of heavy metal, just not okay. of like the, the black metal, death metal yeah, variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. What, 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 what music, uh, do you lean to? Um, 
I, I do admittedly have I do have a love for 70s and 80s hard rock <laughs> and heavy metal. I guess some parts of the stereotype <laughs> are true. Um, um, huge huge uh, fan of uh, Ronnie James Dio as I'm recording this right now. Mm-hmm. I'm looking up on my wall. I got an autographed poster from him. Uh, I met him dozens of times. Nice. Um, but I also uh, – like lots of other music, I'm a musician myself, and I've been looking in recent years into a lot of American music from the era of World War One. Okay, um, there's a lot of uh, Amer- American music like that. You can find sheet music for free on the Library of Congress website. Uh, there are a lot of these songs that are public domain now because they're old enough that their copyright expired. Nice. And um, some fun things you can find in there. L- lots of songs about the devil. Uh, mm. uh, during World War One, interesting. So well, don't think that start. Yeah, you know, don't don't think for a second that that uh, you know heavy metal has monopoly on devil song. <laughs> certainly don't. No, no. And there's even some classic kind of Looney Tunes and the kind of cartoons like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh man, there's one that's just uh, I can't remember who was in it, but I don't know if it was. Well, there's a Disney one where I think Donald Donald Duck or somebody goes to goes to hell. <laughs> it's pretty. It's yeah. pretty. Uh, it's pretty crazy for a cartoon. So, yeah, de- you know, definitely. Well, uh, you can forget uh, Night, yeah, or Night on Bald Mountain and uh, Fantasia. That beautiful yes. scene with Short, yeah, yeah, Return well, of or... Yeah. Well, Bill, thank you so much for for talking to me uh, about all this and opening up about yeah. uh, about the Church of Satan and Satanism, mm-hmm. and I think we debunked some things. And uh, and I, I, you know, I nothing's you know this is the second recording hopefully the the it worked hopefully it recorded yeah <laughs> but nothing so far has burst into flames or anything uh so you know i think you you can rest easy in uh, at least if you want if if you're like me and want to pursue different perspectives um definitely i would i would definitely encourage you to go to churchofsatan.com and check it out mm-hmm. because i think knowledge is important and of of different belief systems yeah. and but but like I said throughout this conversation uh you know Bill you and I have we do have a lot in common and in as far as sure. uh some some core philosophical beliefs so uh you'd be surprised mm-hmm. once you start to kind of step outside your circle of what things you can you can find that parallel uh your own specific beliefs so that's that's the point of today's episode is to kind of encourage you guys to step out a little bit and uh mm-hmm. and just kind of enjoy learning you know because uh, we're yeah. only like i said we were, we're only here once and if mm-hmm. you keep one mindset uh you know that, that that's kind of boring <laughs> yeah. and i i've likewise uh learned and i've enjoyed listening to some of uh, the episodes oh thank you your podcast Thank you. Thank you, Bill. I, I wish you all the best. And uh, if, if anything comes up, you are my Satanism expert. And cool. uh, I will definitely uh, be asking you some questions here. I I, I will come to you first. Yeah. Gl- glad it's me and not Satanism. Bob Larson or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it'll 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 be you. It'll be you. I'll okay, drop you email. All right. Thanks, Bill. All right. Take care. Thank you for sticking through and listening to this episode on the Church of Satan. If you'd like to know more about the Church of Satan, you can go to their website, churchofsatan.com. There's actually a few links in the show notes to some of the articles that Bill has written. 
and definitely check out their movie list. It's pretty fantastic. If you like the show, please consider becoming a patron saint over at Patreon. Just follow the link in the show notes. Music on today's episode by Candlepark Stars and Sam Haynes. Have a spooky Halloween, and I will talk to all of you again very soon. <laughs>